Okay. So woo, this is a podcast that um, everyone will tell you not to do. Everyone will tell me not to do. Everyone has told me not to do it. And generally, I don't uh, dive into this world. But I feel like I need to. And I feel like I need to for a couple of reasons. Um, first and foremost, I really do pride myself in the ability to assimilate information and um, clearly pick up patterns. And I think that I recognize a very dangerous pattern here um, that when it's true in 20 years, I don't want to be the crazy person that says, I told you so. I want to just point to this episode and um, not have to say a word. So I'm going to get into politics. Um, I'm going to do it because I am worried that our current political environment has brought our country past the Rubicon. And what I mean in that is I'm not sure we haven't gone so far as to already have destroyed ourselves. And we can look around and say, clearly, Patrick, we're not destroyed in this moment. And that's very much true. But not unlike the reforms that changed Rome nearly a hundred years before the fall of Rome, I feel like we have made changes and allowed things to happen to our country in the last four years that we may not be able to put back in the box and that may lead us to really bad, really dangerous, and really regretful things. Well, for probably the last 15 years, I've had this worry ever since I saw a photograph. And the photograph I saw was Iran in the 1970s. And Iran in the 1970s was a bunch of people uh, running around in bell-bottoms, uh, completely indistinguishable from Americans. And we are now 50 years later, and just outward appearances, there's a very clear, very easy distinction between the two cultures. And I don't look at that as a good thing. Um, cultural variance is lovely. Living under dictatorships is uh, something else completely. So for that reason, I am choosing to lay out my thoughts about the upcoming election. And beyond that, and into the future, what I fear we have to overcome. And what I fear we have to overcome can seem insurmountable. So without further ado, let's get to becoming legendary. 2020 election edition. There are no gold medals for down dog. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legendary. Become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you.
So I want to start at what I think is the most important piece, and that is that we are not inching, but we are rushing towards authoritarianism. Um, our current president is well established from experts around the world um, as holding authoritarian beliefs and really attacking the democratic principles of our country almost on a daily basis. Um, but the reality is without support, he can be whatever he wants. It's the fact that there's millions and millions of people following this idea that's, that's a problem. And I want to use an example that happened in the last 24 hours to kind of call out the danger of what we're looking at here in the human um, so there was an incident in Texas where some supporters of Donald Trump were notified uh, where a Joe Biden campaign bus would be traveling. Joe Biden wasn't on it. His uh, vice president, Kamala Harris, was also not, not in the bus. But there were campaign officials in this bus traveling down a highway. Uh, the, the bus itself was surrounded by uh, these Trump supporters. Um, there's videos of the incident. And one of the vehicles uh, involved in the campaign was sideswiped. And the protesters, let's say, they're not protesters, though. They're terrorists. Uh, many of them were also carrying guns. Now, it's legal to do in Texas. Uh, it's not legal to sideswipe another vehicle. And they brought enough fear into the Biden officials that they made 911 calls. Now, any normal, decent human being would denounce this. The president tweeted a video and said, God, I love Texas. Now, you may think that's funny. Um, and you may not, but the reality is it should be horrifying. And it should be horrifying because if the people of this country empower someone who on the daily goes out and says it's okay for you to do harm to anyone who doesn't agree with me. And there are millions of people willing to do it. We're not that far from a civil war. And that's not hyperbole. And I don't think this problem is actually solved if Donald Trump loses the election. Because Donald Trump expects to lose the election, and you know that because his closing message to the American people has been, when I lose this election, the voting is rigged. And that is setting up for a very dangerous outcome. Because he is telling millions of people that our democratic principles, our system in which we elect and choose who represents us as a citizenry, is fraudulent and fake, and millions of people will believe that. 
And if that is true, there's not a lot of hope left. And if you take hope away from people, you end up with people strapping explosives to their body and blowing themselves up. And when people start strapping explosives to themselves and blowing things up, we've lost everything we had in this country. And now you don't have to support authoritarianism to support Donald Trump. You don't have to believe that we should have an authoritarian leader. But if you support Donald Trump, you have to be willing to say, I'm willing to support a leader who wants to be an authoritarianist, who wants to be an authoritarian, who wants to be a dictator, who wants that anyone who disagrees with him to be punished physically, mentally, or in any way that is available to him in that moment. So you don't have to believe that that's true, but you have to understand that is the person that is currently in charge of this country. A person who tweets out a video of a campaign bus being harassed and says he loves that. A person who is not not only willing to create a divide in this country, but actively seeks it out so that he can remain in power. And that is the biggest possible problem I think that we can face in our country. It's a nightmare, terrifying situation. And if we follow ourselves down this path, it's going to be less than 50 years. Go back and look up the pictures of Iran in the 1970s, of Afghanistan in the 1970s, of Iraq in the 1970s. They should horrify you. Because we're not that far away from going down that path. We start handing our individual rights over to someone who's clearly a bad person. Who's clearly a miserable human being, but who's willing to do anything to stay in power. Maybe it's because he has a billion dollars in debts. Maybe it's just because he's a miserable human being. And it doesn't matter why. So when we get into these little things, what happens is people will say, oh, well, this little thread might not be true. This little thread might not be true. I don't need the threads. What I'm telling you is we have a human who wants to be an authoritarian ruler who is dangerously close to turning the country against each other, against ourselves. And that should terrify you. And it should make you do everything possible to go out there and stop it. And I want to stay on this idea of authoritarianism a little bit longer, and then I'm going to come back to division. Um, because I think it's important. So in August, um, Donald Trump was at a rally where he said he does not want to fund the U.S. Postal Service because Democrats are seeking to expand mail-in voting during the coronavirus pandemic. And he explicitly laid out why he wouldn't approve 
$25 billion in emergency funding for the United States Postal Service. Because, he, because people wanted to vote. Less than half the country votes in our elections. And there's one political party that is consistently working to prevent people from voting. In Texas, they just, they just were denied turning down 100,000 people's votes. Early voting. Because they turned their voting in via drive-thru. Because they didn't get out of their car. They tried to reject 100,000 people's opinion on this election. They're right. Because they didn't get out of their car during a pandemic. There's only one party doing this. And I find that really fascinating. Because if I believe in my ideas, if I believe that I'm the right choice, if I believe that I can help people, I want them to be able to demonstrate their belief in me by voting. So I don't know why one party is constantly working to make it harder for Americans to vote. But I do know that's happening. And that's happening. And pulling the wool over the eyes of that happening doesn't make it not happen. And allowing that to be the case opens the door for authoritarianism. And Donald Trump isn't going to be the last person to exploit that door. In fact, He's very likely the least talented, least intellectual, least capable person ever to make it through that door. And someone's going to come along with the skill sets, with the personality, to do this. And one, of the, one really interesting thing that, I, that no one's really talked about, or I haven't heard anybody talk about, is natural disasters like the pandemic like 9-11, not a natural disaster, a disaster, a disaster of no fault of the government. How about that? They essentially only do one thing for politicians, and that's make politicians more liked. Because a, a terrible thing happens and people look for someone to stand up there and say something positive. And had Donald Trump done that during this pandemic, had he shown in any way he was capable of being a leader, he wins the election on Tuesday, hands down. But he didn't show that because he's not capable of being a leader. You know what he just did to the governor of Pennsylvania? Wrong the governor of Wisconsin. He just sent out a tweet because they couldn't find an ideal location for Trump to hold a rally. He just sent out a tweet tagging the governor saying, I'll remember this when you need funding sometime. When the people of Wisconsin 
need government funding. The president's threatening holding that out because they couldn't find him a space to do a rally. Because the governor of the state doesn't agree with everything he says, everything he does. Because the governor doesn't want an authoritarian president. Again, you don't have to want an authoritarian president to support Donald Trump. But you have to be willing to support someone who wants to be an authoritarian president to support Donald Trump. And that's really important. So I want to circle back now to more divisiveness. Because divisiveness is also an important piece in becoming an authoritarian. So Donald Trump is a racist. He's a long history of this. You can go back into his father's funded real estate business. Let's keep that in mind. When his father was funding his real estate business, he had civil penalty against civil penalty against civil penalty laid against his buildings, against his properties for discriminating against people based on color. Now, times have changed in America, thankfully. And a lot of people who had really despicable views 30, 40, 50 years ago, their views have changed. But his habit. Now, from embracing birtherism, from referring to African nations as shithole countries, calling Mexican immigrants rapists, and refusing to denounce white supremacists, not just in the debate this year, but three easily definable times. When David Duke supported him in 2016, clearly asked, will you denounce David Duke? No, I don't know who that is. Okay, well, he was the former leader of the KKK. I don't know anything about him. Okay. Or when those rally in Charleston with people in hoods carrying burning crosses and some violence breaks out and there's fine people on both sides Or being asked to denounce the Proud Boys and telling them to stand by. Again, you don't have to be a racist to support Donald Trump. And if someone says you're a racist because you support Donald Trump, they're wrong. You need to stop them and you need to say, I'm not a racist, but I am willing to support one for president. Because that's the truth. And you may think you may think that that's the right choice. And that's fine. Right? Your views are not going to be defined by the views of the president you support. But if you're willing to support them, you need to acknowledge not only to someone else, but to yourself. That yes, I am willing to support a racist for the President of the United States. 
And that is at the beautiful thing about the country that we currently are lucky enough to be born into. And that's another huge thing for me. We didn't do a single thing to get here. You may have, but I didn't. I was born in this country. And I didn't choose to be born anywhere. I just ended up here. So by sheer luck, I'm able to speak to you right now. But the beautiful thing about living in the country that we currently are lucky enough to live in, currently, is that that can be your choice. And it's absolutely okay. It's okay to feel that that's the right choice. If that's who you feel is the person to run the country, that's fine. But I think there's a lot of mental gymnastics going on right now, tweaking these thoughts and warping these ideas in ways where justifications are happening. And I think it's important that we're real, real with ourselves right now. And there's no reason that anyone in any position of power shouldn't be able to clearly say, I denounce those actions. It's very simple. And someone right now is is listening to this and thinking, you know, what you just said, those three things, there's not inherent racism in that. I think there is. Because the easiest thing to do The right thing to do is to just say, you know what? No, I don't support David Duke, the former leader of the KKK. No one's going to criticize you for that. Not one person is going to criticize you for that. And if you can't do that, you really don't want to denounce the former leader of the KKK. If someone runs someone over with a car at a rally where people are carrying burning crosses and wearing white hoods, it's really easy to say that person did a bad thing. Not there's great people on both sides, there's good people on both sides. No. The person who ran someone over with a car is wrong. Period. Whether they supported me as a politician or not, the thing they did is wrong. And if you can't do that, it says a lot more about you than anything you could ever be caught saying in public. And I'm not taking any of the things that I haven't heard. I'm not taking any of the ideas, any of these other things that other people have said that this person has said. I'm only speaking about the things that are known in the public that I, you, and everyone else should know about if we're paying any attention at all. And when you can't denounce actions like that, when you can't stand up, when you can't step up, when you can't be there as a leader to unify the country, It's terrible. But when you're worse than that, when you make statements like there's both sides, like stand by, you divide the country and you push that wedge deeper into what will be an explosive and terrible situation.
And no, this is not all Donald Trump's fault. There are people in this country, both in political office and regular citizens, who are enabling this. Many who may even want this. But this is not the direction that we need to go as a country. And this is not the direction that leads to the change that anyone really wants, who's thinking rationally and who wants what's best for their neighbor. The erosion of checks and balances in this country is terrifying. And the support for things like voter suppression, like shoving remarkably unqualified judges onto the Supreme Court. And you're welcome. That's an opinion of mine. My opinion is that they are the last two judges have been remarkably unqualified. But what isn't an opinion is that Donald Trump has made multiple statements about how he expects the Supreme Court to rule in a way if, if there is a disputed presidential election, he expects the Supreme Court to decide the outcome in his favor. And that is terrifying. And now you have the judicial system, Congress, and the executive branch openly and actively collaborating to keep one party in power. And if you don't see that as a problem, you're wrong. Because if the shoe ever gets on the other foot, it's going to be a real big problem for you then. And you're not going to think, oh, it's okay because my side has all the chips right now. And right now we're two days away from those chips getting reshuffled. But I want to be very clear that reshuffling the chips does not solve the problem. Reshuffling the chips may actually dramatically increase the rate of the problem spread. Because one thing I will guarantee you is if Donald Trump loses the election, he will not go away and become a normal citizen. He will continue to divide this country with every fiber in his being. And the checks that may be holding him back slightly now will be gone. And if you think the people that have covered their cars in bumper stickers or have a 47-foot flag with Trump off the back are just going to go away and assimilate back into society, 
I don't think that's true. And I think that's really scary. And so I think there's the thing that we need to look at, which is why did this happen? How did someone who's so clearly unqualified, who never had an approval rating over 50%, become the leader of the free world? How did someone who's disinterested in doing the job, who won't read the intel reports, become the leader of the free world? And that's a scarier question. Because what it is, is a grouping of people who didn't feel like they belong to anything. Because policies on the left have excluded a huge portion of the population. Because everyone's working for someone who fits in some minority group. Because those minority groups have been repressed. But this other group of people now feels repressed and feel left out and feel abandoned. Because no one's working to support this group of people. And this group of people then received a message from an authoritarian that he would care about them, that he would fight for them. That he was the asshole who was going to go in and fight corruption and fight government and take things down. And it didn't matter that he didn't do any of those things. And it doesn't matter that he didn't do any of those things. His favorability rating doesn't change no matter what he does, no matter when he lies. The very first day, inauguration day. When he started out by lying and saying he had the biggest inauguration audience ever. When video shows he clearly didn't come close. And everyone can see that. His approval rating doesn't change. Because there's a group of people that will allow him to lie. And will make excuses for his lies. Because he makes them feel included. And he makes them feel like they are cared for. He doesn't care for them. He'll never care for them. His actions clearly show he cares for one person on this planet, and that is himself. But he tapped into something in our country that is a huge, huge problem. And that is there is a significant portion of the population that doesn't feel cared for, that doesn't feel supported. And not only that, they feel like the other groups of this country are getting helping hands up and they're going to surpass them. Now, that is not something that I can understand because I am not looking for help. But I can understand that feeling and I can empathize with the fact that these people are put in a position where they feel like they're going to get left behind.
And that is the problem that needs to be solved. Donald Trump cannot solve that problem because he is a divisive authoritarian who wants to punish anyone who is against him. Joe Biden may or may not be able to solve that problem. But may or may not is a definite better choice than absolutely has no chance. And divisive authoritarians should never be our choice in this country. And I want to take a dive down the potentials here. Because I really do worry that this Rubicon has been passed. And passing a barrier does not mean you can't go back, right? We know there are ways to go back. But in this case, it's very difficult. Because in this case, we've empowered someone. We've allowed for someone. We've made excuses for someone who wants to create discontent in this country. Who wants you to think that our legal processes in this country are in doubt, who wants you to think your vote doesn't count and doesn't matter because he's the one, no matter what. And opening that door is like opening Pandora's box. And when we open Pandora's box, we can never get it closed. I don't know if we can get this closed or not. But I know we need to figure out a way to come together. And it starts by removing the problem. The challenges that I think we face are so, so difficult. And I believe there is no room for error. And I want to lay something out. Now, this is, this is really important. This is really, really important. There have been twice as many indictments in the Trump administration as there were in the Nixon administration. There are criminal acts that are happening in the executive branch that are not being prosecuted because the Justice Department has also been corrupted. In order to restore the country, there needs to be some form of check and balance added back in to the executive branch. Now that should mean those people that committed crimes are prosecuted for the crimes they committed. Now, no one should be against that if an executive branch member, including the president himself or herself, commits a crime 
regardless of party affiliation, you as a citizen of this country should want that person to be prosecuted. And if you don't, you're wrong. Because we cannot have anyone above the law in this country. Because if we do, we are on the path to authoritarianism. Now, when I say you're wrong, that's my perspective, right? You may want an authoritarian to lead our country. That may be the thing that you want to do, that you think is best. I don't. And I'm going to disagree with you. And you're welcome to disagree with me on that. But I don't want to live under an authoritarian. I don't want to be told I have to agree with someone or I can be criminally prosecuted or I can be punished. That's not a world that I want to live in. But you may think that's the right choice. And if that's true, my opinion's not going to mean much to you. You're thinking we're going down the right path. I think we're going down the wrong path. And we're not going to agree. But we're lucky enough to live in a country where we can have that disagreement. Currently. So there needs to be prosecutions of people committing criminal acts. The problem is we've now opened the door for sowing doubt, for authoritarianism, for disrespecting the systems, and for the complete and lack of checks and balances. And when you add those in, with the prosecution of politicians, someone who is an authoritarian can use that same tool to prosecute their political enemies, not for committing crimes, but for having dissenting ideas. So we are in a position where we need now to punish the crimes committed by our executive branch. But if we do so, we open the door to a future authoritarian using that door to prosecute their enemies for having dissenting ideas. So how do we solve that? I don't know. I don't have that answer. If you do, we should get that to someone because that is a problem that is terrifying. And it's not the only problem. The more radical, the more, the more polarized we become, the faster we head down the path to destroying everything that actually made this country great. The things that are actually important in this country, the things that are actually valuable in this country, And they're not little red hats. They're the ideas, the principles, the systems, the respect, and the checks and balances that made this system so powerful, that made this system created hundreds of years ago so unique, so beneficial. And so world-changing.
And I want the U.S. to continue to be a leader on this planet to fight against climate change, to lift other countries up, to support those in need. And an authoritarian who only cares about himself is not the choice to make that happen. But how we got here and where we go from here are more than scary ideas. So what I'm asking of you is to recognize the hurt and the pain and the isolation that someone must feel. to be attracted to this man, to be willing to support him. And why, no matter what he does, no matter how awful he is as a being or as a leader or as a president, as a human, no matter what he does, the opinions won't change about him. It's not as brilliant ideas because raking leaves to prevent forest fires is pretty tough to handle as a real idea because building a wall over terrain that can't support anything is a pretty tough idea. But there's something in that. There's something in this. There's a problem in society that has allowed this man to exist and to get to pretend to play leader for four years. And this pretend playing leader, this wannabe authoritarian, is two days away from potentially changing that wannabe status. And again, winning this election isn't the answer. Getting rid of Donald Trump isn't the answer. The answer lies somewhere in why people feel so disenfranchised. Why people feel like they're not getting what they need. Why people would be willing to support a racist, to support a sexist, to support an authoritarian, to support someone who wants to destroy the democratic values of our nation. And those are much bigger problems with much harder answers And with no room for air. So I implore you to take every action, every step you can to allow our country to take the first step in healing from this disastrous four years. To take the first step in restoring 
the pride that we once had on a worldwide stage. To take the first step in restoring the united portion of the United States. By going out and voting. Vote for whatever person you think is right. But if you pull a handle for a racist, be willing to say, I'm not a racist, but I am willing to support one. If you pull a handle for an authoritarian, an authoritarian whose only message is doom and gloom, who wants you to be scared of fellow citizens, who wants you to be scared of the voting system, who wants you to be scared of everything that could be out to get you. If you're willing to pull the handle for an authoritarian, you don't have to support authoritarianism. But you have to be willing to say you support someone who wants to be an authoritarian. And if that's the right choice, that's the right choice. If that's the path you want to head down, the beautiful thing is you have your opportunity to vote. But I implore you not to give yourself the opportunity to mentally twist, to warp, and work around what is true and what is real. When someone shows you a picture of a group of people that's twice as big as another group of people, don't pretend they're the same size. It doesn't matter who showed you the picture. There's a reality that we need to continue to work towards together so that we can mend this divide in the future. I'll see you next month.